I'm Jay Pitts, a real estate broker, agent, leader, and investor. For the last decade, I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource, and Real Talk About Real Estate starts right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Resource, Real Talk About Real Estate. I'm Gabe Pruitt. And I'm Jay Pitts. And Jay, today is a day we've been waiting for for a while. I'm very excited about today's episode. Why don't you go ahead and let our listeners know who we're talking to today? Absolutely. Absolutely, Gabe. And you know, you're right. It's um, it, it's it's an episode that we've we've been excited about, that we've had you know, kind of in the works. Uh, the gentleman that, that we're having on Resource today is someone who's been extremely influential in my business. Um, we've quoted him and I, I, I've, um, ha- had a number of his coaches that work for his organization, a number of his clients also as guests on the podcast. Joining us today is Mr. Tom Ferry, founder and CEO of Ferry International, best-selling author of Life by Design, Mindset, Model, and Marketing, his most recent book, and also number one ranked real estate educator worldwide by the Swan Pole Power 200. Tom, thanks for joining us. Hey guys, thanks so much, and thanks for the nice intro. Absolutely, absolutely, Coach. So, um, you know, I think probably just my my first question is is kind of um, kind of you know geared towards agents, and you know we know that our listeners here and and your clients and and your following and you know the the vast network of people that follow your teaching and your coaching our top agents. And and so I guess I got uh, kind of a specific question to start things off for you. Um, you see a lot of agents. You see a lot of ones that have an enormous amount of success and some that also fail. So I guess my question is, when an agent has all the talent, all the resources that they need to succeed, what's the single re- biggest reason you would see that they might not succeed? Single biggest reason why they may not succeed. I, you know, Jay and Gabe, I don't, I don't think that there's one answer. Um, I think there's a myriad of answers. I mean, mm-hmm. you could have market sensitivity and adjustments. You can have uh, something, you know, look at, look at our friends down in Houston or yeah. in Florida or what happened in Louisiana, um, you know, New York City, 9-11. Um, you know, you've got these, these things that are just simply outside of people's control. Right. Um, if you look at what's in, inside of their control, um, I would say the overarching reason why people fail or, or, or maybe just don't last as long as they should at the status that they once had, it would be a lack of innovation in marketing. And, and I, wish right. that, I wish that was my original thought. It isn't. Um, you know, one, of the, one of the great management consultants of all time said, all business is innovation in marketing. And when you look at why businesses fail, right? Look at look at Kodak, who basically yeah. invented the digital camera, yep. and today they're bankrupt, right? They they didn't pay attention to where things were going. They didn't stay ahead of the curve. And then you can certainly look at uh, you know hundreds of companies, if not thousands of companies, and agents being the same that they're great they're great at servicing a customer taking a listing, making a sale, negotiating a complex and emotional transaction, but where they are horrible is at marketing themselves in a way that causes the consumer to say, I choose you over the competition. So, so if I had to pick one, it'd be the combination of those two. Okay. 
Okay. Well, and that, that makes total sense. And you had to go to the Kodak example. I just, you, I, I was going to get to the, the FOMO that I'm having about missing Peter Diamandis this week. Unfortunately, I won't be able to join you in Huntington Beach. Uh, for some family yeah. reasons, we're not able to travel. But uh, I, I'm going to have to get, come back to that because that, that is an example, Gabe. And I know you know this from Bold, Peter, yep. Peter Diamandis yep. and Stephen Kotler's book of where they essentially invented the digital camera but suppressed the technology for the fear that it would destroy their their film business. Right. Huh. Okay, so miss yeah. you know the next hundred years of innovation that followed. But anyway, coach, I, I think that's that's um fantastic. And you know, sometimes I see this kind of disconnect. And I and I'm glad you went to marketing and I know that that's something that you spend a lot of your time on um and and teaching your best clients, uh myself included, you know, I feel lucky to be in part of that group, um, as how to market themselves and set set yourselves apart. I think there's this disconnect with the with the industry at large where agents don't understand that as they market their their client's product, they're marketing themselves as the product at the same time, or there's some sort of disconnect or weirdness that they feel. Um, I, I know that you're of the opinion that as the market moves, there will be a widening gap between the haves and the have-nots, the discount brokers, all that stuff. It's not really the conversation I want, but it, um, what are some things that the top marketers are doing to differentiate themselves and something that our listeners may not have heard of if they're just on the precipice of, of hitting that hockey stick growth? What are some of the things that they can do to set themselves apart? It, interesting. I was just uh, having this conversation with a guy named Craig Northrup. Craig is, I think, mm-hmm. he, I think he's number one in the world right now for transactions. And we were just going back and forth on 14 different ways to attract sellers today. Right. And and when the interview was over, and he, you know, he and I were just bantering back and forth, and he was using this in a similar way to educate all of his agents. Um, the the thing that really stood out for both of us was what makes him successful, what makes you successful, and so many of the great people that we work with successful is that they have a culture of always be testing. And and that sounds simple, but but think about it. Like as long as you and I have known each other mm-hmm. for you know for decades, we've talked about you know, hey, R&D, what the best agents do yeah. is they rip off and they duplicate. Absolutely. Well, the, the problem is if you if you just rip off and duplicate, I'm, I'm standing here with Tim Smith, who's number 13 or 14 in the world, his new listing presentation. And if I were to publish that, you know, throughout our network, 7,200 agents would immediately take that and basically cut their face off, you know, cut Tim's off, put it on there <laughs> and hit print again. Well, that, that's fantastic, except if you don't have that culture of always be testing, you don't know if that's really right for your clientele, for your brand, for your, you know, call it your market, call it your DNA. So I think, I think where a lot of people suffer is they're not comfortable testing. They, they're not set up from an infrastructure standpoint, whether it's just, hey, we're going to send out a thousand emails today. And instead of just sending out a thousand, let's send out a hundred and a hundred first thing in the morning with a different headline and see which one performs best. And whichever one does, the balance of the 800 get that email. Sure. So, so that's one thing that, and it sounds so basic, well, but if you, you know, if you were at my office this week and you walked into our marketing team, they could pull up four years of every marketing campaign we've run internally. Now we generate a hundred thousand leads a year. We've got 80,000 people a year coming to our seminars. We, you know, we're a, 
a repeatable and scalable sales machine that offers, you know, coaching and training. No different yeah. from what we expect from agents. Sure. Be a repeatable and scalable sales machine that you, you know, you offer your services for listings and buyers. We have four, you know, four plus years of every email campaign, every Facebook ad, every every tried and true flyer, whatever it may be, to know how much did we spend, what did we expect, what was the actual result, what was the final ROI, and what was the lesson learned. Absolutely. Can you and imagine if an agent if, if an agent took their business that seriously, what do you think would happen? Oh, they'd get su- they'd get success. And and I think the the thing that stands out to me about always be testing is losing the fear. And we we talk about and you talk about destroying fear a lot um, mm-hmm. in your coaching, but yeah. losing the fear to fail even in the short run. Like not every one of those emails that your marketing team has was a home run. Not even I mean some of them are strikeouts, right? And but, but you, but you know, you learn as much or more from the strikeouts as you learn from the home runs. And so yeah. I, I agree. I think every, yeah. Everyone listening knows if you, if you think about it in the context of even a social media post, it's either a unicorn or a donkey, <laughs> right? Like you, you, you put something out and no one responds, no one likes it, no <laughs> one comments. It's a donkey, right? Yeah. You put another piece of content out. Everybody likes it. You get, you know, 30, 40, 500, 1,000 shares, sure. it's a unicorn. Yeah. Well, the question is, do you have some way of looking back and saying, what was it about that piece that caused it to perform at that level? Well, I, that's, I, the, that's, the, that's the game, is getting to the science, not so much the art that everybody likes to focus on. Right. Like, how many mail pieces or how many email pieces did you have to go through to figure out that the snowflake works, right? Like, Gabe, you may yeah, have not heard exactly. Tom on stage. <laughs> But, but it's, what is it? What? And Snowflake, something else. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, you know, Snowflake is, is a really good friend of mine. Um, He's not called Snowflake, but (laughs) really good friend of mine who's the chief revenue officer of a company called Three Day Blinds, which, you know, they offer, you know, wood blinds, shutters, drapery, that, you know, those kind of things for your house. And, you know, he's spending, you know, several million dollars a month. When he took over the business day, there were, you know, he, he got it when it came out of bankruptcy at 40 million. He's now doing over 200 million. By the way, he's speaking tomorrow in the afternoon. You're going to miss that as well. Oh, What he and I were you know, going through is the data around, you know, when you're marketing from October until about March, from October until March in, in the U.S. So I don't have any data on Canada, Mexico, you know, Europe, Australia, okay. et cetera. But in the U.S., we had tested putting a reindeer on it putting Santa Claus on it, putting the, you know, the, uh, the Hanukkah candles on it. And at the end of the day, you know, Christmas trees, like what's going to get people to react. And the funny thing was, it was a snowflake. It was a snowflake. And hmm. now the, 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 so basically the, the rule is for anybody listening, come October, put a snowflake on everything, on a <laughs> postcard, on a flyer, you know, put it on your website. And, and the funniest thing is now that I've said that and put it out in this large, you know, base beside their own, Jay, what's going to happen is come October, November, people are going to start watching television ads. They're going to be like, oh my God, look at all the snowflakes. Hmm. You're going to see it in Instagram. It's it's not something that is talked about much, but there's just these little hacks subliminal that make a big, big difference, right? And that's that's an example of one of them. But you don't know that unless you're testing. So that's the point. You know, Tom, I heard you say on stage, I think it was 2015 Summit. Okay. We were, that was San Diego, right? I think 2015 Summit was San Diego. I heard you say something on stage that really hit me. And it was something to the effect of the job. 
the job is not to spend the least amount of money. The job is to net the most. So it's not, it's not, it's not, you know, a race to spend the least. I mean, that's, that's a recipe for stress and frustration and, you know, burnout as far as I'm concerned, because, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a former practitioner that would carry the team or the company Mm -hmm. on my back with personal production. Yeah. Okay. But what I found was, is when I stopped worrying about what I spent, I didn't have to worry about what I made, Hmm. at least the revenue side. So we're, we're, we're worried about top line. Um, and, and that, that was, it was really powerful. It was a really powerful mindset shift for me. So, uh, appreciate that. And, you know, I think that's a pretty good, um, a pretty good segue, okay? Because around that same time, I was going through a lot in my business. I call it the tale of two teams, and I shared it with um, a couple of the guys that that you know a couple of weeks ago. Joe, John Wentworth. John Wentworth. We talked about it a little bit when he was on the show, yeah. and also Joe LaCicero and De- Dustin Oldfather. But I completely imploded my team in 2015 and re- started rebuilding from scratch. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, launching two companies and a whole nine. But... um you know, I know that you come from a, you know, a family business. Um, you know, you were in, I know something like 30,000 hours of coaching and I know you led a coaching and training organization before you started your own. So I guess my question is for, for the agents out there or, or real estate professionals, our listeners in general, business people even, um, what, what was kind of, what was it that led you down that path or, or what, what allowed you to have the courage to kind of leave the, the safe confines of a successful business to get what was pursue, what was probably your true passion? You know, I would say that it was uh, a few things, you know, first I had done what I had done. I'd gone as far as I could go in that 15 year run, running the family business and and make no bones. It was a wonderful experience. Um, in the beginning, it was a safer environment. You know, you could really explore and screw around as long as I could convince dad to, you know, open up the checkbook and play. <laughs> um, I was able to take that little business from, you know, three to eight million dollars. And then when I really took the range, you get from eight to about fifty million dollars in revenue. And, you know, learning all along the way, Jay, you, you discover simple truths, right? About people, about process, um, about product offering and pricing. Um, about service levels, about, you know, about maintaining a high standard and running a business. And, and eventually I just said, you know, it's probably time for me to go do my own thing. Now, this, the reality was I had two incredible mentors that when I came to them both and said, this is what I'm thinking about doing, they both said, you know, sort of metaphorically, we'll be your safety net. That, that didn't mean financially. That just meant, hey, it's going to be really hard for you because, you know, you're breaking up a family business. Christmas and Thanksgiving are awkward, yeah. <laughs> right? Especially when you, you, give, you know, did what I did, which is, you know, compete against the family business. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, it was surrounding myself with people that I love. And at the end of the day, trusting my gut and knowing that, you know, in a decade or two, we could probably do something pretty successful. And 15 years later, it worked out. Here we are. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so, so a little, little uh, on that same line. Um, and I know, you know, no, no business. It's it's not all roses, right? Um, there there's there's struggle and there's hardship along the way. Was was there ever a time, maybe in the last fifteen years, where you weren't sure that it was going to pan out, like like it has? Um, and and how did you how how did you navigate that? So so um, being very transparent, I never thought it wouldn't work out. It was more, can I handle it? Yeah. 
right? So, mm-hmm. so I, you know, I knew, I knew that, you know, the business would work out. That would be fine. Um, you know, sitting, sitting on the couch with my wife this weekend, literally in a conversation on Saturday, dealing with, you know, some, it's always people issues, right? It's, yeah. it's, can you manage the people issues? Can you manage, you know, the person that leaves your team and not take it personally? You know, can you manage the threat of, you know, someone that you knew who's coming into your market, potentially coming after your business, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the person that said one thing and actually did another, the, you know, the employee that, that walks in and quits. And two days later, there's a lawsuit on your desk. Uh, demanding, you know, 100% of their salary for the next like two years, and they quit, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's in in business, it's one thing after another when it comes to that stuff. Absolutely. And you know, my wife asked me, she's like, "How do you deal with it?" I'm like, "Baby, if you want to make the big freaking bucks, you got to manage a lot of shit." Yeah. Like that's that's just the simple truth. Like, you know, you are you are your success is in direct correlation to how much stress and tension you can handle. I agree with right? that. So I have just, I've just learned, you know, 30 years later, that if things aren't slightly chaotic, we're probably not growing. Hmm. If somebody isn't pissed off, you know, they, they're probably just not communicating or expressing it to you. And, and if you're not, you know, about to lose someone, you know, something's wrong. Like that shit is normal business every single day. Yeah. It's all people. It's all relationships. It's why I'm sitting here with a book on my desk called Mind Over Mood. It's the second edition to change how you feel by changing the way you think by Dr. Dennis Greenberger. Because I need to understand more cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah. Because as a CEO, I'm basically a full-time therapist. Oh, you, there's no doubt. You know, I don't know if it was you or someone in the organization. It could quite have been, but... Uh, I've heard it's it's spoken slightly differently than you just put it, but th- your income is in direct correlation to the size of the problems you solve. Hmm. And absolutely, and and absolutely, you're exactly right. So so you know, not to rehash the whole thing. Our listeners have heard it by now, but yeah, I had mm-hmm. I had grown a team to 360 transactions as of 2015. Yep. And, you know, launched, yep. launched a brokerage, okay, and a property management division of about 300 units, um, you know, thought we were headed for the next level, but you're right. It was the, it was the, it was the fear and frustration and that wasn't being conveyed to me that was lurking around the corner right after I did that. And you know what you do? You, you, you stare it down, you come up with the best way that you can to solve the problem in the moment. And then once it's over, you face forward and start over. And that's what we did. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, I was interested to hear that from, you, you know, we've talked a lot about real estate over, over the last several years and the challenges in the market and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's interesting to hear that, you know, I think most of our listeners, their perception is, you know, this, you have this wildly successful coaching and training organization. You're, you're flying all over the country, speaking to and inspiring people every single day, but you, you experience the same challenges that they do every single day. I would even say, and I don't mean this, you know, I have 165 full-time employees and I've got nearly 160 coaches. So, so call that 300, you know, 300 and whatever, you know, right. It's, it's, it's that times 10 in terms of problems. Yeah, I get it. Right. And then when you take memory, Jay, you have also, I mean, I have so many clients every, every other day I get an email that says client X, their child has cancer, right? You know, client, client X's 
you know, spouse just had an affair and walked out on him. Mm-hmm. Like we live in this human experience every day. And, and I know every agent listening to this, you know it because you've gone on a listening presentation where you're like, wow, these are like this, this great couple. They were referred to me. They sound so fantastic. And you show up and they're getting a divorce. Yeah. Right. And they start, they start crying and fighting in front of you. It's, it's that every single day. So at the end of the day, you're either a problem solver, right? You either have that growth mindset like we talked about, Mm -hmm. or you have a fixed mindset and it, and it shuts you down. Everyone listening to this that's successful knows you, you, in that moment, you become a bucket filler. You start solving problems. Like that's what you do. And that's why these people are great. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I feel very fortunate and I've spoken it on the podcast. I mean, our, our number much smaller than 300, I honestly thinking about that, you know, we're at about, you know, 60 people, you know, in, in my world, as far as the two companies that I manage uh-huh. my team, et cetera. And, you know, I'm the chief problem yep. solver. That's it. You know, that's the C I'm the CPS, yep. you know, CEA CEO could be CPS, but chief problem solver for 60 people. And I feel very fortunate and honestly, I hope to be able to get to the point where we're at 300. Um, I think that's that that's pretty pretty exciting. Um, but you know, I think, Coach, I, I want to take one quick one quick pivot um, and ask you one more question before we wrap up for for today. And this is a question, actually, um, interestingly enough, that I posed to Chris Smith a few weeks ago with you know from Curator and Inman and you, you know Chris yep. we spent some time with yep. him down in Miami at Agent 2021 um, and it's something that I've noticed and and I I'm interested to hear your take on it um, so on stage you're like you know what I've noticed um, you know you you captivate thousands what is it sixty five hundred seven thousand at Summit about each year you captivate folks yep. with your message and what I hear is I hear similar themes uh, put in similar ways multiple times, okay, over the years and even within the same events sometimes. Um, you know, and that could yep. be the level 10 no apologies, committed or interested. You know, I could go kind of on and on, with goals in alignment with actions, yep. et cetera. Um, that seems to be a trait that I recognize often in powerful and accomplished trainers, speakers, and coaches. Is that somewhat of an affirmation for you when you're on stage? Because I know you live by these things. Um, I've had an opportunity to spend enough time up, up close with you and I know you live by it. So is that somewhat of an affirmation, even while you're on stage, inspiring people? Any, uh, any author, speaker, coach, CEO, CRO, CFO, executive, entrepreneur that tells you anything other than 1000% yes, they're lying. Okay. Right. Of course it is. It is. Listen, I mean, you know, yes, there's no doubt, Jay, like, I'm going to pound that message in because I'm pounding it in for me and for you. Right. Yes. And like, that's just a, that's just a simple truth. Right. So, you know, when I talk about innovation and marketing, right. Who am I really saying it to? Yeah. Right. I've got, I've got my team inside the room saying, Hey man, we are going where the puck has never been. Like, let's go, let's figure this stuff out, but let's figure out new ways to surprise and delight our clients. Level 10, no apologies. Is, is a constant affirmation for me. If, if you, if you look at like Peter Diamandis, right, who I'll be with in a couple of days, you know, he's got his 27 rules that he lives by. I've yeah. got about 10 that I live by. And you, you rattled off two or three of them. I'm constantly affirming those as standards for my life, as values for myself. But then you hear me as a, as a speaker, lecturer, you know, coach saying, here are some concepts. Now make it your own. You know, my level yeah. 10 is not your level 10. 
right? Level 10 with no apologies is just you against you. It's life is short, right? Be the yeah. best you you can be, which just sounds so motivational and lame and cliche, but it's true. No, it right? is. So many people settle for a mediocre experience, a mediocre business, a mediocre love life, a, you know, a, a mediocre income when exceptional and extraordinary is available. And it's a subtle shift. Yeah. So yes, I get, I get fired up in this conversation. So yeah, no, I love it. Yes. I I, I I am absolutely affirming it. That's, that's what I hear when I sit in the stands and I hear you speak. And you know, Tom, you, you know this about me, but my father's in the business, right? 30 year veteran, wall street journal, top five in the country and closed transactions in 2005. So I grew up around this and I watched him sit in front of a room of 30 people and tell them the things that he needed to do to be successful. Okay. And I watched it. I was so close. I was like, he is speaking to himself and I, and I must've inherited the same traits, um, you know, in the, in the gene pool, because, you know, Gabe, when I sit here and I ask you to do something, I'm really asking myself. And I think, Hmm. I think Tom would agree, um, that, that there is no effective leader out there that is not willing to walk the walk. So, Tom, man, this was great. I know, uh, I know you got a busy schedule, so we got to we got to let you go. But uh, this was awesome. We really appreciate you making the time and um, you know speaking to our audience. I think you're one of, if not the preeminent voice that most of them are looking to for advice, for success, and coaching and skills uh, for their businesses. So we really, really appreciate you making the time, folks. We'll be right back after the break to close things up with a few comments from Gabe and I. Again, resource, real talk about real estate. We'll be right back. All right, Jay, so what do you think? Um, it was pretty much what I expected. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, I, you know, I know Tom pretty well. You, you um, did confirm your status as a Tom Ferry acolyte there. You, kn- you knew most of the stuff that he talks about, and it's clear that you followed him for a long well, time. But Absolutely. And, you know, Gabe, I, I, I can appreciate kind of the stuff that we, we, we closed out with there, you know, it's one thing for a leader, a coach, um, a trainer to stand on stage and preach to captivate. I mean, there are, there are a lot of people, not, not a lot. There are a few people out there that have that skill set. Tom is one of them. The difference is he walks the walk. Exactly. He means it. And he, he, he's talking to himself. Yeah. Well, I mean, people don't seek out influence, influencer types like that when they, everything's going right. They seek out someone like that, and what they're looking for is somebody that can emulate. And yeah. you're not going to emulate somebody that tells you how to live your life but doesn't do it behind the scenes. You know, they need to see somebody that's doing it and it's working in their life so that they know they can follow that person. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I was really happy. I mean, he's a busy, busy guy. And, you know, the fact that he would make the time to sit, you know, on the phone and talk to us, um, allow us to ask questions and, and get his take, you know, cause I hope you saw there. Okay. Um, I asked the questions I asked for a very, very specific reason. Okay. I didn't, and, and Tom can go, I mean, he, he carries the stage six, seven, eight hours a day, five days consecutive at the sure. success summit. If you've ever been, it's truly remarkable. I mean, he has content that he could go 30 minutes like with no warning. I wanted people to hear him, not, not, summit. not the summit, not 30 minutes, of not summit, a coaching yeah. call. I wanted them to hear him. And that, that 
I think rang through yeah. loud and clear. And this stuff, it's not just real estate specific. We talked a little bit about real estate. I thought about asking him about the market and this and that. But what we got there in that, you know, 25 minutes or so was just, it's what you really need to know. If you're considering hiring him as a coach um, or his organization or following him, that's the stuff you really need to hear. Definitely. And it all comes full circle too because he talks about R&D, rip off and duplicate, and talks about how the best agents aren't gatekeepers of the information they know. They're the type of people that share. And, and that's what we want to do here at Resource. That's the reason we created the show so that we could share the things that we've learned over years in the business and years in coaching uh, and make sure that everybody has access to it. Because it's like he said, it's not a zero-sum game. It, it, there, was a, there was a little subtle moment there. I'm trying to remember exactly what he said. But how some people think that someone's going to come into their market and take all their business. And, and we both know that's not how it works. You know, there's plenty of business for all the people that will work to get it. And, and that's one of the things that we believe here. And that's the reason the show exists. Yeah, but even then, what, what he touched on. Yeah, that's not how things work. But we as human beings, okay, are not above thinking that. Sure. Uh, above allowing our, you know, own insecurities to get the best of us. And so, you know, I, I asked some, some questions there because I wanted you to hear how he persevered. I wanted you to hear how he found courage. I wanted you to hear, you know, the things that he thought moved the needle and, and the always be testing and the, the fear of failure and all that. It's ever present. Yeah. It is ever present. And then he turns around and tells you, I have to convince myself of this stuff every day. I am not a machine. Yeah. No one is. You know, our listeners do amazing things, but they're human. Yeah, most people will see somebody like this and get discouraged when it doesn't start to happen automatically. It's important to know that even people in, in Tom Ferry's place, it doesn't happen automatically for him every morning. He's got to remind himself that these are the things that matter to me. This is what I'm focused on. 300 people go to bed each night, okay, under a roof where they support their families based on the fact that he is able to provide them with an opportunity to earn. Okay, that's a heavy burden. Sure. Okay. So chief problem solver, that's a thing. Can we can we trademark that? I like CPS. That. CPS. I'm gonna put it on your desk. <laughs> a, a little placard. <laughs> anyway, no, Gabe, I thought it was great, man. Yep. And it was it was everything I hoped it would be and everything I hoped our listeners would be able to hear from him. Absolutely. Well that's about all the time we've got for today. Make sure to reach out to us. You know exactly where to find us. If you're not subscribing already, make sure that you subscribe for more content coming from us soon with even more top producing agents and high profile guests. Uh, this is resource, real talk about real estate. Thanks. Thanks.